Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up, our weekly look ahead to the biggest events of the sporting week here on Balls.ie. All in association with Labrooks. It's actually our second show this week. We had Nina Carberry on earlier in the week looking ahead to the Punchestown Festival, which is still ongoing. You can listen back to that now on our feed. But it's all about rugby now because we're delighted to be joined by Stephen Ferris for what's a massive weekend of European semi-finals. Ulster in action tomorrow night, Stevie, against uh, the Leicester Tigers in the Challenge Cup and then Leinster on Sunday. They're just the Irish matches, Leinster on Sunday uh, in La Rochelle for what's going to be a really, really tough semi-final. Uh, it's an exciting weekend. The Leinster match, like, it's... There's a La Rochelle are one of those new names and at the moment there's a kind of a, a, a casual fan element who's just only just thinks Ronan O'Gara when it comes to them but they're a bloody good team and this is a really really tough one for Leinster isn't it? It is a tough one but it's funny like on the bookies you know they're they're favourites once again they're away from home they're up against players we've just been going through the team sheets for La Rochelle over the last three or four weeks they had a brilliant win last weekend against Lyon and obviously you know put seal to the sword but like you know you've West uh, Danny Preso Antonio Victor Vito Aldrit um, who was nearly Six Nations player of the tournament. You have big Will Skelton in the second row. Um, Lavani Badia, who's you know probably going to be up there for European Player of the Year. And have a lots of other guys uh, in the background that can step up to the plate. So, yeah, it's going to be a huge test for Leinster. But just to, to, on my previous point about the, the handicap, it's six points. Like, and mm. I, I feel that's quite high, um, considering the vein of form that La Rochelle find themselves in. No Johnny Sexton available for Leinster. Um, you know, if Ross Byrne goes down injured early on, we're assuming it's going to be Ross Byrne who's going to be starting at 10. Yeah. If he goes down early on, I believe they're down to the bare bones when it comes to out halves. And uh, that's been a little bit of um, the way it's been for Leinster over the last number of weeks. And, you know, Leinster are off the back of a defeat as well, the Munster. Um, but they do have this bounce back ability. I'd love to know the stats when Leinster have lost two games on the bounce over the last few seasons. I'm sure it's been quite a long period of time. So, um, so, so part of me after that uh, away victory in Exeter, Mick, it just feels like all their focus, all their emphasis, everything this last couple of seasons, forget about the Pro 14, it's just directed at that's that Saracens um, game that Saracens come over to the Viva and got that brilliant victory. I, mm-hmm. I think that is really hurt them um, and still hurting them too today. And they're going to put and put things right. So I still fancy them, but with six points is a lot. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you fancy less Leinster to win, given just to, like to, to win a game, but it's such a close game that taking six points, Jesus. Well, like tell like Larishel, you mentioned some of the names there and. You know, there was questions about their halfbacks. It looks like both of them are going to be fit now, unlike, obviously, Sexton. But, you know, we hear a lot about Raj, obviously, and what kind of a job he's doing as a, as a coach. And there's also the Leinster connection with John O'Gibbs there as, um, as as director of rugby. Um, what do you think in, in terms of... It's funny, I listened to an interview with O'Gara there. I think he was talking to Sinead Kassan and Virgin, and he was the most relaxed man in the world. You played with him. He mentioned it himself. He says the polar opposite of what he was as a player, where he'd be up all night worrying before games and wondering had he done enough. And it's like as if he's just become a coach and he's he's changed his outlook completely. And he's like, I've done the work. I know what I'm doing. I've got a game plan. And if I was Lencer, I'd be looking at that going, I'd much rather Rog was a bit edgy, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. I obviously played with Rog for a, a good number of years and in, in an Irish jersey. And um, 
first of all, I know I've said this a few times about other people, he's a really good lad. He's a top fella. He always had time for me, always had time for the younger guys. Um, got to know him a little bit more on a personal level. Um, he's always had my back. I always, I've, I've always had his. And I just say, do you know what? Fair bloody play to him, the way he's went about things. A good story for you, Mick, actually. Um, I've maybe told you before off camera, but I was all over in London and I'm seeing a, an ankle surgeon over there and, and he was more or less giving me the bad news that, that I was going to have to hang up the boots. This is now a second and third opinion I was getting when I was over in London. And I've just jumped on the train with a guy called Alan McCollin, who was the physio for Ulster back then. Jumped on the train and beep, 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 beep. And the doors were just about to shut. And on comes Rog. <laughs> he sprints onto the train. The sweat's lashing off him. He's in a suit or a tie anyway. And he goes, ah, oh, Jesus, lads, what's the crack? And he sits down. He says, no, don't be telling anybody this, Stevie. But don't ask me how this has all happened or panned out. But I've just signed to go and coach Racing 92. And I was like, what? I was like, you, you kidding me? Like, And he says, no, Stevie, honestly, I'm getting in as a... A, a kicking or attack coach or whatever it was back then for his, his first gig uh, uh, in the coaching ticket. And he says, do you know what? I'm just going to go over there and give it a lash. Um, and I was like, you're bringing the family. You're doing it. He says, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're you, you're either all in or you're not. And that's something that I admire about him is that, you know, he, he puts his balls on the line, Mick. Um, yeah. And he's done that from day dot as a player. And he's also done that from day dot as a coach. So, um, yeah, he'll have this team fired up. We know that us and um, everybody here in the island of Ireland know how big a rivalry the Monster Leinster thing is. And you know, Rog and Sexto back in the uh, Aviva and Croke Park and days gone by, where um, you know there were so, such big contests. So there'll be a part of Rog that really, really wants to win this and get one over on Leinster, um, even though he's with La Rochelle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How much of a factor? That's a great story, by the way. But how much of a factor <laughs> is um, like? Raj would have such a keen knowledge, obviously, of all these Irish players. Or the, I was I was thinking of that question, and then I thought to myself, are Leinster too big for that? Like, everybody in World Rugby nearly has a keen knowledge of what Leinster can bring. Being Irish almost doesn't give you any particular insight in there. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if you heard Raj's interview before the last game in the European Cup um, seal, obviously. And they were talking about, you know, how much homework have you done? How much video analysis have you done? And he was like, you know what? We haven't actually looked at them too much. Um, and, you know, it's all about themselves. It's all about what they do, how they can impact the game. Um, and, you know, I know he's got a bit of slagging about, you know, the KBA, keep ball alive. You know, we all know it's been, been trying to do that in rugby for the last 20 or 30 years. But it's something that he's put a lot of emphasis on, um, the style of play that, you know, that La Rochelle are, are, are trying to produce week in, week out on the pitch is, is very entertaining to watch. It's very refreshing. Um, and I'm sure it's bloody enjoyable to play in too, Mick. So um, I think it'll probably be more of the same this week. There'll be certain areas of the game where La Rochelle will try to attack, um, whether that is at, um, at scrum time, line out time. I'm, I'm not so sure. I don't think they will get the upper hand at set piece. Um, but you know when when this La Rochelle team get up and running, they're they're a bit of a juggernaut, aren't, aren't they? And um, you know really really pleasing to watch. So yeah, Rod, he'll he'll have the guys fired up for sure. But I think he'll just tell the boys to concentrate on their own individual roles and responsibilities, and and make sure they turn up on the day. Yeah, and even within that, there's a coaching choice because they are a big pack, a really really big front five, and they can go out to try and overpower Leinster, or they can play the 
brilliant expansive rugby that we've seen like a lot of us will have even seen clips of over the course of the year and, and how good they can be ideally i suppose you do a bit of both you win up front so that you can play your your, your rugby but i mean the emphasis will come down to you know you could overthink these things and think it's a semi-final let's get tight and yeah. go away from your natural uh your natural way of playing there is actually a, a, a really big coach's job in there isn't there oh definitely but like mick when it gets to this stage in the European Cup, all the packs are huge, like they're all massive. Um, and I certainly don't think this La Rochelle pack is going to push Leinster around. Definitely not. Um, and you know, it's, it's always a little cliche: the games are won or lost up front. I don't, I don't, sir, I don't think this game is. To be honest, um, okay. you know, I, I think key players need to have big games. And if the nine and ten axis for for La Rochelle function really well. Um, and Johnny Sexton's not there and they're under pressure. And we know Ross Byrne can kick penalties from everywhere, but sometimes you need that little bit more. They mm. didn't need that little bit more against Exeter, um, but they might need that this time round. And you know that's when the, the coaching ticket get their act together and come up with certain situations during the week that they can um, come up with a cunning plan to, to try and carve open the opposition, to try and get that five-pointer that gets you away uh, late in the second half and gives you a bit of breathing space. So, you know, Roger's a cute guy. He, he knows the game inside out. He's been around it for such a long time. Um, I'm, and lastly, Mick, on this, I'm sure he's really enjoying it this week. Yeah. I mean, well, I hope he is because he's, he's done such an incredible job. Um, and I hope that, that, that the players themselves fire for him on the day. And I'm sure they will. Absolutely. Yeah. From Lance's point of view, then, you mentioned Ross Byrne a couple of times. I have to say, I thought he was. I thought he had one of his better games that I've ever seen him when he came on against Exeter. It was a really tough position that 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 he was in, that Leinster were in, losing someone like Sexton. They are used to playing without Sexton. That's one of the more important things here. But for Ross Byrne, I suppose, we've had we've seen him. He's been in tough situations. Me and you have talked about it before. He's been given chances at the weirdest and the most awkward of times for Ireland, and he's never really had that big stage chance when it's actually been on his own terms, if you know what I mean. Well, he has, he has when it comes to, uh, comes to Ireland, like, yeah. but at the same time, he's been thrown into like that England game. That's he, what I mean. He yeah. started two England games, like just before the world cup and then another one and, and, and they got hockeyed like over 50 points in one and over 35 and the other, whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's not number two. He's out of the window for six months a year. And then he plays really solid for Leinster again. Creeps back into the international window. Um, you know, gets himself back in. And then he has a an average game against England. They put the forwards to the sword. And then all of a sudden he gets the blame again because he can't get the team going forward. And um, I think it's some of that criticism is it's harsh criticism, to be honest. Um, we all know he's a quality player. But he does need to be on the front foot. Well, so does every fly half, Mick, you know. Mm. And um, I think he, he can certainly control the game. I've watched him so much. I've probably watched him more um, for Leinster uh, than I have watched Johnny Sexton for Leinster. And yeah. uh, he's been fairly capable every time he stepped up to the plate. And one thing that he certainly does bring is clutch kicking. Um, you know, if, if it is a very, very tight game and it is within that six-point margin with the bookies, you, you would fancy him to step up and knock them over all day. Yeah, so this, this is the chance, though, is, is kind of my point. It's like the, the none of those jerseys were up for grabs, I suppose, even in those Ireland games. And, and you know, it was a 
I, I'm, I suppose I'm thinking of when Contepomi went down in, in 09 and Sexton came up and people didn't know what he was made of and then he had that semi-final to go and prove it. This is Ross Byrne's big chance, isn't it? Like if Ross Byrne is ever going to get to that next level, he needs to show what he can do like he did in, in Exeter in a thrown-in game. Now he's got the week to prepare. He's wearing 10 on his back and he's going to be the man this week. And if Leinster are going to win, it's going to have to go through him. This is a massive chance in terms of like the future of Ross Byrne. Well, big time. Like he's gonna have Levani Bodia coming down his channel early on. You can be sure of that. Um there's gonna be huge pressure on him at times. And it's how he deals and reacts with that. Um but I think the players around him have, have got to do their jobs as well. The likes of Robbie Henshaw has got to carry very strongly, like he has done over the last number of months, and um, make his life as easy as possible. Luke McGrath, he's starting at scrum half. He's been brilliant, hasn't he, all season. So um, you know, his box kicking relieves a lot of pressure. Uh, from deep in their own half. So, yeah, like, I think Ross will step up to the plate. Yeah. Um, I think he does have the credentials and capabilities back to be the next Leinster 10 for the next four or five years. I know so many people are talking about his younger brother, um, Kieran Frawley. But these guys, they don't seem durable, you know, and I think Leinster need... They need a face that's going to be there, like a younger Johnny Sexton that's going to be there mm. playing for them in the big games all the time. Um, they need durability, especially in, in, in that 10 position, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, fair play to him. I hope he goes well. But, uh, yeah, he's going to have a few big boys running down his channel, I'm sure. He is, for sure, yeah. I mean, there's, there's you, you, you say you fancy Lencer to squeak it, but possibly not by the six points. That suggests a very tight game, which means there's going to be a lot of pressure on Byrne. There are other selection issues, I suppose, like the front row almost picks itself at this stage. I think given the performances against Exeter, you'd have to say the back row probably picks itself, even though there's a lot of competition there. Um, the second row then is the interesting one because James Ryan is back, but you've got Devin Toner, you've got Scott Fardy, whose experience would be valuable in a game like this and and you and you got the x factor in in ryan bird then so there's a there's decisions to make there and then i i wonder at this stage as well with with so many games played and they've uh, with ring rows fit and everything else the, the rest of the back line outside of 10 probably picks itself as well so leo's not in the worst position going into this week in terms of um you know he doesn't have too many decisions to make no i see he doesn't but like james ryan this is a huge huge week for james ryan yeah. Lions selection, what is it, next Thursday lunchtime? Mm. Um, he's somebody that has been talked about. Then he picks up a concussion in the Six Nations, doesn't get that much game time throughout the tournament. Um, has been struggling to recapture the form of 2018. Or was it 30 games or something that he, he didn't lose on the <laughs> track, both internationally and with uh, with club? So... I'm sure he is chomping at the bit, breaking down Leo Cullen's office door to say, get me into this starting lineup. And um, I think he probably will start. He's the type of player that doesn't need two or three games just to get back in the groove. He's uh, he's built up a good bit of experience over the last number of years, but it's a huge game for him if he gets the nod. And it's who partners him in the second row. There's a couple of options there with Baird, with Scott Farley, or do you go to the reliable Devin Toner? I think Devin Toner's better at starting than coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. So that reliable um, line-out source is, is, is key to have in big games like this. So it could be Devin um, and uh, and James Ryan in the second row. For me, that's what I would maybe go for. Leo Cullen might have uh, other plans. But I think you're right, the back row picks itself. The back line has been pretty consistent. 
we all you know would rather see ring rose at 13 i think he gives a bit more uh, of an option there i'm not sure mick is he going to be fit or not or the, the talk is that he'll make it yeah um he's gonna make it. Well, yeah, that's, that's another big one for lions like especially yeah. george north being out injured you know he's ruptured his acl so he's going to be out for the guts of a year he's not making the lancer so you know that 13 position there's no scottish 13s jumping out at the minute the welsh 13s now injured the english 13 question marks over there midfield with Farrell uh, playing 10 or 12 so yeah this is, this could be a huge game for both James Ryan and Gary Ringrose if they both start yeah absolutely so Lancer maybe to squeak that one but it's going to be one to watch like I actually can't wait for it. it's on three o'clock on, on Sunday it's going to be a cracker before we get to the challenge cup then who uh, do you have a fancy of Toulouse and Bordeaux in the in the other semi yeah Bordeaux has been written off for the last what three games in the bounce and <laughs> been able to get over the line like and whether it's a bit of magic from jolly bear or um a dubious refereeing decision they've still been able to do it now over it was the last the last three games or three of the last five games um that toulouse and bordeaux have played against each other toulouse have scored more than 40 points and in, a, in, in one of those other games it was more than 30 points so like they do seem to ship a lot of points when they play against Toulouse, and that's why the points handicap is 13 points yeah. like that's a big handicap for a semi-final um you know a, a knockout game so uh yeah there's so much on the line bordeaux five to one to win the game like it's, it's huge such odds. Uh, but yeah Toulouse seem to be uh, a team that are, are certainly getting their act together and uh finding their groove but i'm gonna go with bordeaux plus 13 points i just think that handicap's just a little bit too big so uh yeah bordeaux plus 13 at 10 to 11 would be my bet on that one mick yeah i love it um sounds good it's funny it's it's real two kind of like european pedigree teams against two kind of new money teams for want of a better word in la rochelle and bordeaux who could you know upset the apple cart a little bit but a lencer to lose final like even just for having watched this tournament for the last whatever it is, 25 years, just sounds really, really appealing, doesn't it? But, um, yeah, La, Roche- La Rochelle Bordeaux it is then. <laughs> I know, that's, <laughs> that's where I was going. Uh, the Challenge Cup then, uh, yeah. your old team uh, in tomorrow night. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, Ulster have already beaten uh, Queens, they've already beaten Northampton and there's an argument, and both of them away from home, and there's an argument that going from, to Welford Road in this day and age, maybe not traditionally, might not even be the test of those other two places. Now, that's up in the air, and a semi-final tightens everything, but it feels like Ulster should have this if they perform to the type of form that we've seen from them in general this season. They should. Maybe not last week, though. Absolutely, they should. They should be. Um, they should have too much for, for this Leicester team. Leicester have been struggling for the last couple of seasons, changing coaching staff. Jordy Murphy now left the club. Steve Borthwick's in there trying to sort everything out. Um, and he seems to be on the right path to do that now, Mick. Yeah. He's got a big, big pack. He's picked a huge pack. The, the teams have been named. Um, Ulster's pretty much as you would expect with, with their team selection. Ulster off the back of a defeat against Connacht. And the thing... I was actually chatting a big uh, Tony McWhorter, who used to play for Ulster um, four or five years before I I won my first cap. And we were chatting today, and he was like, "It just feels like we're everybody's waiting for Ulster to have the game they did last week in a really big game, um, mm-hmm. you know, just just a wee bit off it." And and but they haven't done that yet, and, and 
fair bloody play to them. They've been very good in these big games, going away from home, grinding out results. Uh, but they've been favourites, like, and they're favourites yet again. It was four points earlier when I had a look. I see it, I see it now five points in the handicap. Um, and I would fancy Ulster to beat that if they play to the level that they've shown consistently over the last couple of years. But as you go back, it's a huge, huge pack. Um, Ulster have selected Matty Ray in the back row. He had a very, very poor game last weekend against Conan. Mm. Like an extremely poor game, but it just shows you that in the back row, they need a line-out option. He's a very good line-out jumper. They need a line-out option at number six, and that's why I believe that they went with him again because of the, si- the sheer size of this Leicester pack. Um, and it's right across the board, you know, from Ellis Gange, you know, the baby rhino and uh, at, uh, at Loosehead, right through the pack. And then they've got Lavanini on the bench as well, the Argentinian who can come on and ruffle a few feathers. So they will fancy their chances. And again, they've, they've picked uh, uh, Wigglesworth at scrum half. So, you know, ahead of Ben Young. So that kind of gives an indication that they're going to probably kick the ball an awful lot more, try and keep it tight where if Ulster can get a bit of width on their game, find a few edges, I certainly think they have the firepower. Jacob Stockdale, he's playing 15. Young Ethan McElroy's in one of the wings, um, that they can, they can score a few points and, uh, and you know, get a bit of momentum going because, uh, yeah, they've, they've been a joy to watch over the last number of games, and yet again, they're away from home. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, like, it's funny, what, would a, what do you think a Challenge Cup win would mean for Ulster first European trophy obviously since 99 it's not where they want to be but at the same time now you get to this you want to like lifted that silverware is is the type of catalyst that should kick them on to go to that next level shouldn't it it should like but Nick we've been saying this for years and years and years I've been involved in the teams that we've been saying it about as well like and um it's more the big game players not stepping up to the plate yeah on the big occasion. And I was one of those players. I know I've had this conversation with you before. Um, and it's about trying to get that energy, get that buzz, get that experience to all come out at the same time in the big games on the big occasions. And, uh, you know, this is a this is a huge, huge match for Ulster, not only in their season, but in their history. And, you know, I think that will be in the team meeting by Dan McFarland and, and the rest of the coaching staff is that, you know, they have a chance to make history here. Yes, it's not where they want to be, as you rightly said, mm-hmm. but it's a stepping stone to, to go on and, and, and try and achieve better things. But, you know, having a piece of silverware in the cabinet, I've been a Manchester United fan for the last number of years, or too many years. And I tell you, when they won the Europa League, it's still bloody good to get a trophy in the cabinet, even though it wasn't the Champions League. Mm-hmm. But it was still good to get in there. So, um, I think Ulster will, will gladly um, gladly uh, put up a good fight yeah, to try and yeah. take this Challenge Cup back because it will mean an awful lot to them. I've been an Aston yeah, yeah. fan for a number of years, and 1996 was the last time we had any silverware. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's um, so my, my kind of take on this is that you think Ulster should win, you probably think they will win. Five points seems about right, but you're you're just a little bit worried because. I'm, I'm wor- yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried because like, able to let you down. Yeah, so so Ulster have won five of their last six meetings across across the European Cup. Five out of the last six. Before those six have been within seven points. Mm. They have been tight. Um, Ulster, I've beaten them a couple of times away from home. Um, I played there myself in, the, in front of a huge, huge crowd that were you know, right in your face. There's none of that this time round. You know, it's it's just. It's just a, an empty stadium with 
four lines around it and, and the lads are just going to go out and play rugby and if they can stick to a half decent game plan and and uh, you know get their huge players as I keep mentioning into the game then then I fancy them to beat that handicap and yes Leicester are big boys up front but and, and a full struggle match fire with fire win that game line not all the time but just win it when they need to then I'm going to go for a win and that's not me just speaking from the heart here that's me having a good look at, at both sides what they've yeah. achieved over the last 12 months, where they currently are, what's their mentality been like, um, and coaching and everything else. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Ulster. It's five points at the minute. I think it might be down to four, Mickey, double-check that, but I'll go for, yeah. for for Ulster, minus four, minus five, whatever it is, at 10 to 11. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think people have listened to you long enough at this stage to know that you don't go from the heart. I'd say you go against... Uh... I have a couple of times, Mick. I have a couple <laughs> of times. It's cost me a few quid. <laughs> <laughs> not on this show, not on this show. Uh, Stevie, that's brilliant. Uh, the Leicester and Ulster is on at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, you can watch them on BT. And uh, then the Leinster game is on Sunday at 3 o'clock, uh, also on BT. So enjoy the games anyway, Stevie. Hopefully we'll talk to you um, next week. Thanks very much, Mick. Cheers. Thanks a million to Stevie. Thanks for watching. And thanks a million to Ladbrokes as well. Of course, if you're having a bet on the uh, the rugby this weekend or anything else, Punchestown, the snooker, whatever else is going on, please do uh, gamble responsibly and visit on Louis.net for more information. We'll be back with more build-up for you next week. Ciao.